All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Podcast, brought to you by Oddshark. Oddshark.com is your source for the latest odds from leading authorities, expert editorial content, and detailed matchup picks. Looking for statistics and trends for an upcoming game? Oddshark.com has that too, and it's all free. Expert in-depth analysis, stats, numbers, and trends to help you make the sharp game day picks. Whether you want to get in on the Thursday night football action, tonight's hockey game, or anything in between, head over to oddshark.com and start playing like a shark today. Now let's get to today's show, but be sure to stay tuned after for my interview with Chris Abbott from Odd Shark, where we talk about all of his favorite bets from Friday and Saturday's NHL slate. Enjoy the show! Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 5, Episode 11 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast, brought to you by Odd Shark. I'm your host, Brock Segan. We got Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Biebs Bondi. As always, how's it going, boys? Good. Happy to be here. Yeah, we got here. Um, fantasy season's going good. I'm getting absolutely rocked in all leagues. So, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, oh, absolutely. It's hilarious. I don't even know how to explain myself. I'm showing up to places so like, yeah, you're the guy on the podcast, but you're you're on too. Eh? I'm like, shut up. There's a lot of guys off to slow starts this year. So, yeah. I'd cut you a little bit of slack. Yeah. Also, you just lost your boy Miko uh, in all leagues. Better than it uh, appeared, though. Week I uh, to week after initially looked like it'd be in the, you know like four ACLs. to yeah four to I'll six. Admit, well, yeah, yeah, I guess it could have been worse. Steven. I got the text first from like buddies and just like not like like seven or eight of them. They're just like, oh my god, Ranton. And I I, I, yeah. I wasn't actually watching the game and uh, sitting there getting those texts that are oh my god, Ranton. I thought he got like 
just, sickle or something? No, hit by like Chara and got literally like put into the boards, like physically just like became one with the boards. Like Patrick. Yeah, like I thought he was dead the way it was. And then I went and looked at it and I'm like, oh, he just kind of got his foot stuck. It sucked to watch because obviously that was definitely an injury, but it's good to hear he's week to week. Um, yep. D, D wrote a nice little article on DFO on that yesterday, you know, gave gave it gave it a little peek there. Thanks for the page, um, you, bud. Got you. Got you. But um, counts. Yeah, getting to see some people move up the lineup. It's uh it's, it's interesting. At least uh Colorado's got a bit more depth this year. If it was last year, well, it did happen last year. But yeah. If uh if it was at this time last year, whew. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're Call definitely it. better equipped to deal with it this year than yeah. in Absolutely. years previous. But it was uh it's scary. You never love to see your uh your superstar go down. So. Those non contact injuries are always they're always so weird and they yeah. hurt the most. Because you you're just like, never expecting it. Like every time you see it, you toe picked. Like yeah. how do you just toe pick? Every time we've seen injuries like that, but like Scrub. in the past, they've always Scrub. been a lot more serious than what's going on. Like everybody was speculating, oh, torn ACL, torn MCL, maybe at best. And then it's just like oh, he's just you know tweaked a little something, something week to week. But uh, I guess yeah, there's like, a torn ACL. You it, oh, this this whole podcast be like me like this. I just, be just crying been... and I'd be like, oh, guys, I don't want to do it. But it would have been just I'm so happy. crazy because like he did kind of drop in trash. Uh, at least early drafts because we didn't know what the contract status was, and then mm-hmm. like just ends up being like out for the year. So it's good. I'm glad you, you never want to see like those those top end players yeah. get hurt for long periods of time. So I'm glad that it's only a week to week thing. I don't cry often, obviously, but hurting my top line. <laughs> yeah, my top line. That's yours. By the way, yes, not Jer- Jared Bender. No. It's yours. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna talk about that to open the show today. Uh, Miko ran in out week to week. Uh, basically what that means, uh, at least what it sounds like it means is he's going to be out for at least two weeks. We'll be reevaluated at that point. Uh, and then the avalanche it, will probably release, uh, another timetable at that point, whether it's, he's back in a day or back in a, in a week after or whatever yeah. it is. But yeah, you can at least expect him to miss two weeks at minimum and then they'll reevaluate him at that point. It but, also uh, means, uh, Mantha's likely going down for Detroit next week because last week we saw Tavares go down for D this week ran in for me, so Brock. I mean, it's got to happen, right? <laughs> That's terrifying. So uh, it wouldn't. It wouldn't even be a bad thing. Like I hope the Red Wings lose every game this year and get the first overall pick. I mean, at I mean, this point, that's like, going to happen so regardless. Lost the Senators um, last night. Seven so. game losing streak right now. So yeah, on a back to back, give yourself a give yourself a little bit of slack. Yeah, but if you give up five to Ottawa, like it's just it's, like they blew a they blew a empty netter. Come they on. gave up five goals. <laughs> they gave up five goals in the third period yep. to Vancouver the, the night before, and then give up a five spot to the Sens. It's like whatever. I am going. Sounds to the like game improvement tomorrow, to me. Yeah. I am going to the game tomorrow, <laughs> but uh, it's mostly. Oh yeah, how much? Are they paying you to do that? <laughs> Zero. Oh, you were, you're paying to yeah. go there. Wow. Brock's seeing his favorite team, Buffalo. Yeah, we get to Ooh. see the Buffalo Sabers. I you better have hope to go to the no city of Buffalo. Buffalo I didn't have to go to the city of Buffalo to watch the the Sabers. I'm actually watch I'm excited. Mouth. It's the first time I've seen them live. I'm excited to see uh, Eichel, Darlene, what the boys can do. Darlene's maybe a little excited. bit of rest um, but maybe I'll yell one of those in the stands. He'll yell that, and the four Red Wing fans that are filling the crowd will just be like, "What? What?" Who's that? Yeah. But all right, let's talk uh, about Miko Randon right now. Uh, like we said, week to week, we're going to talk about some injury replacements uh, for people out there that just lost Miko Randon. But uh, at the same time, you, even if you didn't lose Miko Randon, you can use this as uh, players that we like to target on the waiver wire right now. Um, a lot of these guys um, are v- readily available in most leagues. So uh, they're at least the two I'm going to talk about are more deep league pickups. But uh, I just want to talk really quickly about uh, who's going to replace him in Colorado. Uh, JT Comfer, who's currently only 1% owned. Uh, Comfer skated on the top line with Nathan McKinnon and Gabriel Landeskog in practice on Thursday, and it looks like he'll get the first crack there on Friday night. Uh, Comfer played 17 minutes, 30 seconds per game last year, and 
Still only mustered 1.8 shots per game, uh, which is 147 per 82-game pace. Uh, still, he's shown to be an above-average shooter, finding an 11.5% clip throughout his career. Um, he was on 2020 pace last year before missing 16 games. Obviously, uh, you'd expect a little bit better pace when you're playing with oh, yeah. uh, McKinnon and Landis Cog. Um, so he's definitely you know worth a, le- a look in, in standard leagues, specifically if you've lost somebody like Ranton. Uh, it remains to be seen, obviously, how well he'll perform there. I know Jared Bednar's come out and said um, it's a, that situation is very much uh, in flux right now. He has no idea who's going to play there, so it could be Comfort for one period. Uh, yesterday, Eunice Donskoy was on the line. Comfort wasn't on the ice for practice, but um, Donskoy got moved down right away. Uh, and then I also want to talk quickly... Andre Burakovsky, 36% owned. Uh, he obviously isn't as readily available as Comfort, but he is available still in 64% of leagues. Uh, he's had a nice start to the, uh, to the season with the Avalanche, scoring four goals with four assists in eight games. Um, after Rantanen left Monday's game, uh, Burakovsky replaced him on the top power play unit. And to me, that's almost just yeah, that's, as valuable yeah. as uh, as playing even strength. Especially with how him. well he's played on that second line. We're watching him put up a point per game with what he's doing. So toss him on a you know, top... It's like 10 power yeah, play in the league. For Hello. sure. And he, right now he's on pace for 173 shots despite playing only uh, just a hair over 14 minutes a game. So I think in, Randon's injury should open the door uh, for Burakovsky to see more minutes. Definitely uh, we are going to see him get a boost in power play usage, which is huge. So um, Burakovsky, if, if you had to give me the choice, he'd be the guy that I would add if you're going to yeah. look for a kind of an in-house replacement. Um, because like you just said, that's a really lethal top power play. Um, you yeah, know, he was a big breakout candidate coming into the year. We um, liked his potential, and it's funny because we thought it was going to be a lot because he's going to be playing a lot more minutes. He really hasn't seen no, not uh, a huge uptick in usage, but still, um, now he should see a little bit more, and he seems to be you know have some good chemistry. It's with crazy what a contract year will do for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Avs like to play their bottom six a little bit more than most teams, which is I think why the second line isn't getting as much run. But uh, you know, Kaji Burakovsky, Donskoy, they've looked pretty good together, so I think that's the angle they're taking with uh, trying Comfer on the top line. Yeah, first. for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I think if this random thing ends up being more there, like two to three, maybe even four weeks. Uh, you could definitely see Burakovsky uh, get a shot there before too long. Uh, but like Brock said, Donskoy uh, definitely in line yeah. uh, for some minutes there as well. I wouldn't even be surprised if you know they get shuffled in, in, in the first game with Comfort there and they kind of try to see what looks good, what looks like it's working. Um, so yeah, all three of them are kind of worth keeping an eye on, but I, I think they're going to kind of eat into each other's opportunity. So it's not like, I don't, I don't expect any one of them to get a huge uh, boost in production or fantasy value out of this. Yeah, I think that's why, sorry, Beebs, I didn't no, mean to okay. but I think that's why I'd rather have Burkowski because he seems like the one guy that's kind of cemented into a spot. I think he'll be the one that will see kind of a nice run on the first power play unit where I think yeah. that first even strength line uh, is going to be kind of more of a wait and see approach. So sure. Burakovsky to me was, is the one that I would rather pick up. But uh, Beeb, sorry, you're that resident abs fan here. What do you think? Um, I was just going to say, if anything, any player who can actually hold that spot, you kind of alluded to it earlier. Comfort did almost put up a 2020 last yeah. year. He definitely can hold his own. But um, but I, I, I was just going to mention it is just... Burakovsky is getting to the point where you almost want to roster him in the 12 team. Regardless, that mm-hmm. line that line just looks phenomenal. Um, also, another potential that they could throw up there. You can see Col- um, Colin Wilson jump up as well as they uh, he, he just he, he kind of used him just to plug it before mm-hmm. plug that spot and, and he's not going to bring he's not going to add a ton of line but he's not going to take a ton away. Um, right. But if he does jump up there, you don't want to touch. that. Yeah, I think he would um, be the the winger jumping to the top six if yeah. they move Comfort back and, to the middle. But the, don't. Uh, 
don't get excited over him for fantasy. I'm just gonna no, put my foot no, down. No, but you're there. right. There's a chance he could see like spot uh, some time in rent and spot yeah. as well. But I think it's um, definitely worth. It's like us talking about anyone who's playing. Not to put out this status, but anyone who is playing with McDavid. Um, we always say take a look at them. Yeah, yeah like I think on a, yeah. on a night to night basis, whoever's there definitely has Makes a lot of, offers DFS a lot of streaming play. value. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of first line replacements, I'll talk about my first free agent pickup here. It's Gustav Nyquist. Uh, Nyquist was the guy the Blue Jackets brought in to help replace Artemi Panarin. Obviously, he's not the same player, uh, but he's played pretty well in that role so far. Uh, the Blue Jackets are leaning on him pretty heavily right now. He ranks fifth among their forwards in ice time, but leads the group in power play usage. Uh, he has scored two goals with three assists in nine games, all of which have come at even strength. So once that Blue Jackets uh, top power play unit gets clicking, uh, Nyquist production should be even better. Uh, they're doing everything they can to get that top unit going, including putting both Jones and Rowenski on that top unit tonight. Gross. Um, and then, anyways, uh, Nyquist, though, is on pace for 210 shots, uh, which would be the second most of his career, and that would allow him to probably approach, like, 25 goals. Uh, and he's always kind of been, like, a 30-assist guy. So um, he's definitely no Rantanen. He's definitely no Panarin. Uh, but he's kind of got some bottom-of-the-roster value right now if you're desperate, uh, you know, as a a guy you can pick up for maybe a week, stream him in that spot, and then uh, if he stops producing or whatever the case might be, then look to pick up somebody else. But, uh, Biebs, I know you've got somebody who I was going to talk about who is, uh, I mean, I'd love to say he's on fire, but really he's not at oh, all. He's, but he, he's it, on it, the exact He's ready to break through. He's literally on the biggest slump ever, maybe. <laughs> not ever, but, like, one defined. Um but just on Nyquist, first guy to ever score um, on Columbus, an OT game winner the other night. That was pretty interesting. On a, sh- oh, sorry, on a uh, penalty shot, which was, was pretty cool. He literally just walked in, sniped it, went home. That's yep. just not Nyquist. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, put put that. Yeah. <laughs> you loved it. Yeah, it did was you, great. Did you like it? Great uh, call too. You like that? Totally agreed with it. Um, <laughs> but for <laughs> me, Brock, Brock mentioned it. JVRs, who I'm going to mention here, and you might be sitting there, you're like, huh? That guy's having a shit year. He doesn't have a point. 34% owned. JVR currently has 35 shots through seven games. Um, starting to think this guy might be our next uh, Duncan Keith, like last year, 200-plus shots, zero Genos. Totally kidding. Um, all jokes aside, JVR is likely the most snake-bitten player in the NHL right now. Um, with 35 shots, sorry, through his first six games, not seven, he's on pace for 480 shots this year. I'm just going to say that again, 480 shots. Um, it's not going to happen, but that's uh, that's better than Ovi-like numbers. That's uh, Breaking news. James Van Reems like has his first point of the of come the on. Oh, he's got I an assist tonight. Guarantee you, it was a bank off a shot, um, just a rebound that was picked up. But anyways, 480 shots would probably break NHL records for him. So uh, if that happens, um, let's not expect zero goals. Um, but playing power play one and line one right now, um, just while he's up there, he started the season on the third line, so he kind of wasn't as attractive. But he's playing alongside Claude Giroux and Jakub Voracek every single time he touches the ice. That's not a bad pairing at all. His ice time is down this year, but it's just because I don't think they're necessarily putting him in defensive situations. Well, he just moved up. Too. Why like, the hell he would was, you? He started exactly, the season yeah. on the third line. He just moved up. So he's even more appealing yeah. now than he was when he started the season. Even the other day, though, when, uh, I was going to say, his first game on the top line, he only played like 14 or something minutes. Yeah, but 13, still, 15. but it's very protected minutes, um, which isn't necessarily the worst thing. Um, he is out there when they need offense, which is... What, top power play unit. That's what you want for a guy you're picking up, especially if it's a streamer option for these next couple weeks. Uh, another thing that I like for his case is that the only person who's realistically probably going to move him back is, um, you know, if Scott Lawton jumps in the top <laughs> top six, and I don't necessarily see see that happening. JBR is an extremely consistent player. Um, he scored no lower, lower than 54 points in four straight seasons before last year when he got injured, and he was on pace just to do it all again. He averages almost 30 goals yearly, and um, at 30 years old, it's 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 way too early to give up on this guy and think, you know, it, he's just over the hump. 
Um, with these shots, again, on pace for 480 this year. Um, so many shots. Did I mention he's on pace for 480 shots? Once or twice. With zero goals. Um, so that's going to change. JBR's one of those players, when he gets hot, he just kind of pops off. Dino's from... Uh, from his from his leaf days, yeah. Um, guy loves to be in front of the net. I I like JVR a lot as a uh, as a guy you can throw on both sides of the wing if you're in Yahoo leagues. I uh, dropped him at the start of the year because he started on the third line. Oh, third line got, JVR, got, don't get that. He got bumped up, and it's like damn. But uh, yeah, at his career 11.7 shooting percentage uh, with 35 shots, you'd expect him to have four goals right now. So um, the floodgates should open here soon. Uh, do you got a couple guys to mention? I know I got a bunch. So I don't know if you want to yeah. go. Uh, oh, we haven't heard from you. Bang them out, and then we'll add on. Sure, sure. Okay, so um, the uh, yeah. So again, it's, there's just not a whole lot of guys here that are at least available on free agents right now that I would really recommend or I would want to just roster long term myself. I think it's a lot more streaming options and guys that offer a lot of short term value. Um, so I'm kind of pushing it ahead a little bit. I just looked at. Uh, basically all the wingers under 50% owned in Yahoo leagues that I think are, are worth a pickup uh, and are at, at least you know worth a rostering for the time being anyway. In uh, uh, A little bit more than streamer value, but not necessarily someone I would just commit to holding on to. Right what now. size league we talk and say? Uh, if, standard, uh, standard, 12, like, 12 team 12, leagues. Yep. Um, so the first one, uh, well, I guess the first two, 49%. Uh, owned for each of them, Tyler Bertuzzi and Travis Konechny. Uh, Bertuzzi's them. got four goals, six assists in 10 games, 21 shots on goal. 19% shooting percentage and 17.2 on ice. So obviously he's not going to be able to maintain a point per game. Uh, but I just think with his usage on that top line, it seems that Blashville's really committed to keeping Rutuzzi, Lark, and Mantha together, uh, which is the best case scenario yeah. for all their fantasy value. We saw um, what they could do at the end last year. And yeah. that, they were just on an absolute tear for uh, the last yeah, three, four absolutely. weeks. Here. It was and, ridiculous. Uh, Bertuzzi, you know, dual wing eligibility. I, I think he can still maintain somewhere around a 55 to 60 point pace. Um, on that top line and on the top power play. So I like Bertuzzi. Uh, I think he's definitely worth owning. That yeah. 49% should probably go up a little bit. Konechny, uh, yeah, 49% owned. Uh, 10 points in seven games, 12 shots on goal, shooting 33%, uh, but only an 11.8 on ice shooting percentage, uh, which is pretty impressive considering he's got 10 points in seven games. So, so ridiculous. Uh, he's under 50. Yeah, yeah and a lot a of that too, game. the power play production. Uh, he's getting some more run on the power play, which is great to see. He's got five power play points already. He had just eight last year. Uh, so Konechny, you know, a guy we've been riding and been yeah. behind for a long time. Looks like he's finally ready to break out. Also, great to see another thing on Philly guys right now. Um, if, if you do have them, JVR and Konechny, they've gotten over this ridiculous schedule hump um, where they just had every day off or right. you know, where they had one game a week. So they actually have one of the most consistent schedules going forward these next couple couple weeks. So you're going to get three, four games every single week out of these guys. Um, Connecting being under 50. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Mind-blowing again. Yeah, I've got connecting a couple leagues. I ah, absolutely just, love it. Yeah, no, you're about to love it even more as he plays more than six games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Drouin. This guy <laughs> I do own in one of my leagues. I've just been waiting to drop him, and he just won't stop producing. Hate so that. Making it kind of difficult. Um, but mostly, I mean, he had three goals, five assists in nine games. Most of that coming on the third line. He just jumped up uh, to the second line to play with Max Domi, which is great news for the both of them. Um, 15.8 shooting percentage, 12.8 on ice shooting percentage for Juan. So still obviously a little bit uh, above where we can expect him to be, that eight points in nine games. But he's still playing under 16 minutes a night. So if the ice time jumps up, there's definitely potential for more there. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think a guy who's definitely worth owning in the short term, however long he's on Domi's wing, uh, but not a guy that I would hesitate to drop should he slow down. Um, Andreas Janssen, 39% owned, Ooh. two goals, five assists in 11 games, 8.7 
It's really uh, good in leagues where they count percentage. penalty minutes because he just can't stop taking pims right now. Apparently. 12.3 on-ice shooting percentage. Uh, he's playing over 16 minutes a game after averaging 13.40 last year. Um, and that's when he had 20 goals and 23 assists. So uh, even if you just you know don't consider the fact that he's you know glued to Austin Matthews left wing this year, just that upcrease in ice time alone is enough to make him fantasy relevant and worth owning long term. So that 39% should really start to climb. Also on the top power play unit uh, and was on the top unit before Tavares got hurt. So you don't have to worry about him losing that spot once Tavares returns. Yeah, it's, it's basically we're just going back and reiterating all the guys that we were high on that have played well so far and their own percentage just have hasn't creeped up. Yeah, essentially. So thirty nine. Uh, added another assist tonight too. So. Yeah, thirty nine percent for Janssen, uh, left wing, right wing eligibility. Uh, Brock's boy Nino Niederreiter obviously struggled to this point, but he is available in sixty three percent of leagues. Uh, zero goals, three assists in nine games, twenty shots, fifteen thirty nine average time on ice. That's the main concern. He was over eighteen minutes a game with the Canes last year. Um, so hopefully Brendan Moore starts to lean on that Aho Niederreiter uh, line a little bit more. 8.2 on ice shooting percentage for Niederreiter. Uh, better days ahead for Nino. Uh, disappointing start to be sure, but uh, a guy with a lot of upside. Um, Not worried yet. For his own Not worried yet. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Schwartz, 28% owned. One goal, six assists, 15 shots in nine games, over 17 minutes a night. Plays on the top line, top power play unit. Um, great source of assists on the waiver wire. Another apple tonight. Too. Healthy. Yeah. Anytime you're late in the week and you need assists, uh, at least for the time being, Schwartz is one of the best guys to target. Can uh, I just interrupt just for one second about yeah. Jaden Schwartz? The one thing that's super awesome about him is that like he's locked into that role too, right? Like they don't break that top line up, which is nice as long as so long as St. Louis is winning. For sure. If anything, uh, I mean, a little bit sometimes they move Shen last year to the left and O'Reilly would move to center occasionally, um, but that was when they were playing like shit and in last place, and then yeah, yeah, well, yeah. This he's is definitely in the, the into the top and, six anyway. Um, and yeah, they they I, I think they would really love. Uh, ideally, I think for them, you have O'Reilly on the second line to kind of take the more challenging assignments, and then Shen, Schwartz, and Tarasenko uh, to him. feast on depth. Um, yeah, so uh, I agree. I, I think he's got a, a lock-solid role um, and a pretty solid floor for someone in his, at his own percentage, just 28%. Jason Zucker, 27%. Yeah, can't um, believe that one, too. Yeah, three goals, one assist in nine games, 18 shots, 16.7 shooting percentage. So, um you know, the, the shots, uh, a little bit underwhelming, not what you'd love to see, but does have dual wing eligibility, 6.6 on ice shooting percentage. It's on the top line with Parise and Koivu, which is really the only line that can tread water at even strength right now for the Wild. Uh, lots of power play time as well. So if you need some goals, Zucker could be uh, a, a good source. Uh, Great at calling his coach and team out as well to get the boys fired up. Exactly. What's coach? That was crazy. I couldn't that believe was that. wild. This yeah. early in the year? But they also you like... You can tell he slipped up too. He, he said Bruce got to be better. Bruce wasn't even be like mad about it. Bruce was like, he's right. He's right. Like, we all got to be better. Yeah, fair. It's almost like Logan Couture the other night calling out his two wingers. Well, yeah. Directly. What was LeBanc doing that entire shift though? It was what, so confused. I just, I, I don't love the public callouts. It's, uh, I don't know. I feel like some shit you just got to keep in the room. Anyway, sorry, D. Yeah, about Couture? It was yeah. Couture that yeah, Couture called out LeBanc and, uh, okay, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, a yeah. friend of the podcast. <laughs> Team of <Team> Both <laughs> friends. <laughs> yeah. Logan Couture. All, no longer a friend. by No longer a friend because he's ripping on our boys. Exactly. Uh, just a few more here. Tyler Johnson, 25%. Yeah, uh, skating with Stammer on the top line right now. Triple forward eligibility, I believe, for Johnson. Um, so a lot of value there. You could definitely fit him into your lineup uh, on most nights. Two goals, three assists, twenty shots in nine games. Ten percent shooting percentage, eleven point one on ice. Uh, so pretty, pretty uh, steady production you should be getting from Johnson somewhere in that fifty. Yeah, to 55 the only thing that can, the only thing that worries me is that they just keep shuffling those lines like crazy. But Johnson seems to be the one yeah. guy that they like. Keep I said, in all, top six. yeah, all of these guys uh, more short term value than anything else. Um, Josh Bailey, three goals, three assists in eight games. 
just don't mind the farming equipment driving by right now. I, don't I cannot know I believe this. I'm sitting thinking through. we're getting like attacked or yeah. something. No yeah. clue what's up. Uh, yeah, Bailey's got six points in eight Wings games. Did most of that on the second and third lines. Now skating with Barzal and Lee on the top line. Uh, top power play unit as well. So another uh, really just a great source of assists and potential power play points if you're down late in the week. So confusing. They just decided to bump Tom Kuhnhackle to the top line instead of Bailey first. And it just yes. didn't work at all. They're like, oh, maybe we should put Bailey there. Like, no shit. Yes. Why? Yeah, why would NHL a perennial like, fourth liner be your option? Even though he's a Windsor alert. Both Everyone are. just wants to stretch their lineup even when they don't have the uh, personnel to do it. <laughs> they, all want, they all want that Cassian, you know? No. It's just so bad. Uh, Andre Cash A, 13% nice. owned, one goal, four assists in 10 games, 25 shots. Shots are starting to creep back up for him, which is nice nice to see. Still just 16 minutes of ice time, so some room for that to improve. Um, him and Gessler have been really strong together. Yeah, they played very well together. Yeah, he should be better as the season unfolds. Uh, and then one guy just worth mentioning, uh, I feel like we're going to have to start talking about him sooner or later because he just started skating on his own, Alex Tuck. Yeah. Uh, 16, 16% owned. Uh, yeah, there's some thoughts that he could start practicing with the team very soon. Yeah, so he just started skating on his own. Yeah, uh, so, so he could he potentially be back. be back before Rantanen. Um, even if you just have the room to stash him, he's definitely going to be worth owning once he's healthy. You won't so. be able to in the DFO league because I've stashed him since draft day. I've got him stashed. I can't wait for him to come back. There you go. Stud. So that's it. Plenty of options uh, in case some of those uh, other guys are, are already taken in your league or you just don't like them. Uh, lots of options there for for some short term help for Rantan being out or just any forward help in general. I remember uh, one name I saw out there. I can't remember what his own percentage is, but I think it's under even under sixty, which was crazy to me. Um, was Riley Smith still is yeah. not being picked no up? No respect. Which I, which I think is yeah, it was right around weird. fifty. Um, seven goals right now, shooting twenty one percent, but thirty two shots in eleven games. Very uh, very strong, and that line's been ridiculous. Um, just that whole team is awesome. I love fifty eight percent on big Vegas guy. Not yeah, nothing crazy. Uh. I'm going to just talk about one guy. It's more for next week, and we'll talk about him maybe as a streaming option this, this weekend as well. But uh, Vladislav Nemestikov, uh, the trade at Ottawa, seemed to help him kind of re-enter the fantasy discussion. And um, he's registered seven points in seven games, four goals, three assists. Uh, he's playing way more and shooting way more than he ever has. And it's led to him being rosterable for the first time since his days with Stamkos. Yeah. Um, he won't shoot 25%, obviously, forever. Uh, but his usage fits perfectly with our someone has to score um, in Ottawa. And right now, that guy has been Nemestikov. Uh, with that said, though, stream someone else. Um, he's a good option this weekend, uh, but then you can probably you can safely drop him for next week before picking him back up after that if uh, if you need to, because they only have one game next week, the Senators, which is they got, pretty they, shitty. They got their, their bye they've week. Got a, they've got a nice uh, yeah, well, Friday-Sunday schedule this weekend, so you can stream him this weekend, um, and then maybe pick him up because they have four games the week after that and four games the week after that. Yeah, yeah. they had four um, games this week. The golden schedule. They were Monday, Wednesday, yeah. Friday, Sunday. Yeah. <sighs> so Beautiful. that's what I'm saying. You we shoot this weekend, we drop them next week, but love then eight games the next two weeks. And honestly, when you look at their upcoming schedule, they've got some pretty, I wouldn't say weak opponents, but teams that give up far more chances and more goals than your average team. So yeah. the sense, you know, might be a, you they know, they're the not going to be like four straight times or what? <laughs> no, they're not going to be a great source of fantasy players, obviously this year, but uh, the upcoming schedule is pretty favorable. So a guy like Nemesikov who's scoring right now, uh, I think is worth taking a look at. Even, I think if the puck's got to start going on the net for him, too. Connor Brown's playing like yeah, over 20, mad minute, apples. 20 minutes a night. Yeah, I think he's at eight right now. Yeah. So uh, there's a couple guys there uh, worth keeping an eye on in the next couple weeks, but not next week because um, 
one game. But this weekend, again, Friday, Sunday, maybe take a look at them. Uh, Beeb's got another uh, waiver wire. Yeah, um, I make this joke every single time we mention anyone with this name, but probably the coolest Brock I know. Um, Brock Nelson, 31% owned out in New York, as my mention. Um, kind of falls along the lines of Josh Bailey, kind of like D was talking about. With four goals, three assists, through eight games this year, he's got um, 25 shots on net, so that's just over three a game. Brock Nelson kind of, um, you know, we talk about loving usage, and he's currently paired on power play one, centering. Um, wins those nice, uh, those cheap draws back to the point where they rip it and you get a free apple. Mm-hmm. Happens every now and then. Um, and he's also playing second line right now out there in New York. He's uh, he's averaging nearly 21 minutes per ice in his last four games, which is just up there with full season numbers of Crosby, Panner, Nichol, Larkin, Wheeler, guys like that. Um, so he is getting crazy usage, yeah, usage in these last great. couple. Um, yeah, and, and throughout those games, he has six points, three goals, three assists in in, the, in those five games, two of which have been power play points. So he is he is contributing there. Should keep him on that line, kind of keep him centering that. Um, his 25 shots through these games has him on pace for over 250 this year. We love anyone getting over 200. Again, mm-hmm. if you're going to put that many on net, they're going to start to co- go in. He's fresh off a 25 and 28 season. That's you know nothing to scoff at in fantasy. He probably should have been looked at by a lot of people as a bottom of the roster player just out of the draft. Um, just if he could boost those numbers at all, that's definitely someone you want a uh, full year, especially with his dual position. With his shot but, um, volume right now, he could be a 30-goal scorer. This absolutely, year. yeah. And it seems like they are kind of and they need entrusting him to do, like, it seems like uh, like Trotz, is, it's kind of his boy right now. Oh, he's, he's, sure he's, that's his horse. Um, and, and, man, Nelson's a monster when you watch him play. He's huge. Um, but he's he's, a, he's actually crazy consistent. I, I actually didn't realize. He's had, uh, he's hit the 19-goal mark in five straight seasons and every season but his rookie year. That's not bad. Um, we talk about how hard, not how hard goals are to come by, but you want someone on your roster who can get 20 plus. At, it's just at like least, the big, so. th- like he's been, he's shown to be a above average shooter at uh, 12.7% throughout his career. And it's just, it's all about shot volume for him right yeah. now. Over 250 shots. His previous career high was 190. So literally, yeah, he's never- tacking, literally tacking on 60 shots this year. Like that's how you, that's how you go from being a twenty goal scorer to a thirty goal scorer. Absolutely, that's how it's done. Yeah. So while he's shooting like that, like he's really not seeing that many more minutes than he was last year, but he's shooting twice as much. It's, yeah, it's crazy. it almost seems like uh, well, last I feel like last year is kind of like in, in the defensive role, and it seems like he's kind of taking that step forward and driving the play a little bit more. Um, I don't watch a ton of Islanders games, but when I do, he's definitely noticeable out there. Um, but at thirty one percent owned, I think it's someone you know who's definitely worth taking a peek at. Um, yeah. I love anyone on a first line power play, so. Pump that in my ba- my veins. The opposite of people you want to pick up are people that you want to drop. Um, so let's talk about some guys that we're cutting bait to cut bait with here. Uh, D, we'll start with you. Okay, I just got one guy to talk about. Um, I'm generally a very patient player, so this is kind of a tough segment for me this early in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but honestly, scouring through the, I guess, kind of the 70 to 45% ownership range in Yahoo Leagues, uh, there wasn't really anyone that stood out to me more than Jack Hughes. Uh, I, I don't have Hughes in any of my leagues, but if I did, uh, you know, I, I get Definitely it. I, impatient. I, I get it. I, I don't think I would be straight dropping him in redraft leagues of, uh, I guess, 12 teams or bigger. Uh, I think his name carries enough weight that you could probably trade him for something, some sort of rosterable player who can at least... Anything that's worth rostering. Yeah, more. yeah. At least offer a little more value than streaming the empty roster spot would. Um, but, but it depends. Like, I think if a guy like Paul Stastny is available, I would definitely consider straight dropping Hughes for him. Uh, look, Hughes obviously will be a more productive player than the two points in eight games we've seen from him so far, 
but I just do not love his upside at all this season. I was very low on him coming into the year. Obviously, what I've seen so far hasn't done anything to change that opinion. Uh, I, I just don't get what we're waiting around for this season. Um, even right now, he's with Taylor Hall, but he's playing just 15 minutes a night. In fact, he played less than 14 minutes in each of the last two games. Um, so the team is not very good. His possession numbers are not good. He's going to be spending a lot of time at his own end where he's clearly struggled so far this year. I just think best case scenario for him this season is that he gets back to somewhere around a 60-point pace. Uh, and I just don't think that's worth waiting around for for a guy with straight center eligibility. Um, like I said, I, I definitely get why people would be hesitant to make this move. There's obvious talent and upside here. Uh, and you probably invested a pretty high pick in him, but I just don't think the payoff would be worth waiting around for. I'm doing everything I can to trade Jack Hughes, and if there's better options available on the wire with Paul Stastny, sometimes you got to make the tough decisions, and, and I'd let him go. Like I, There's just there's not a lot I see in his numbers right now um, that, that's telling me he's going to be able to turn around this year. I think it's going to be a lot slower uh, of, I guess, a progression for him than some people were anticipating. I think the size is... Uh, he's just well, it looks like time. he's almost 11 years old yeah, out there. So I, again, that was always my biggest concern. I'm not normally a guy that takes size into consideration that much. Yeah. But it's uh, Will Jizzy? Is when that you're, what he's going by? Yeah, when you're that young and when you don't have really that's the frame to, to back it up, adjusting to the size and the speed of the NHL can be very difficult, especially for someone playing in the middle of the ice. Um, so I, I think you know it's just all a little bit too much for Hughes right now. They're definitely um, are, are being pretty careful with how they utilize him. They don't want to just burn him out too early in his career. Um, and I think you can, you can tell that, right? I mean, look at Nico. He sure goes down, right guys. And Nico, he sure goes down and his ice time still, if anything, yeah, it's yeah, gone it's, down it, in the last it few has games. Affected the thing, I, I yeah. own, I Under own 14 Hughes. minutes in each of the last two. I just, I, it's hard for me to get optimistic at this point, this point about Jack Hughes. I own Hughes in the DFO league and obviously it's a tough situation right now. I want to see what he can do. Uh, with it, you know, in an extended look with Hall, uh, Heischer's back. They put Heischer on the third line. Uh, so they're obviously gr- the idea of playing Hughes and Hall together is growing on them. They they haven't played at all um, since really Heischer got hurt. I think they've only, they played last Saturday and they they don't play until they play Friday, like tomorrow. But they haven't played in a week, so I I want to see what he can do uh, on that Hall line over this weekend, maybe in the next week. But if if we're sitting here next week. Um, oh, and, and he's they haven't done anything together. Then I don't know. Then then it's really yeah. Time it's to not just that too, but I mean, sure he's playing with Hall, but he's you know playing ten even strength minutes, and then not getting much of the well, power that, play. Obviously, you have not to, playing. You have to think kill. if you're going to play at you know if they're going to play him on the top line with Hall, he's got to start playing more eventually. You would ha- think it has to. That's but what I'm that's saying. Not like, what I just, I he moved up, it. and his ice time went down somehow. Yeah, yeah it's only but I, it's yeah, a Hall? super small sample size. I wanted to see obviously, but it's all we have to look at. No, no, that's why I'm saying I just want to games before I before I drop him. I want to see what he can. I get it. And like I said, I, I don't own him, and I, I know it would be a, a really tough move to make this early in the season. And I, like I said, generally very patient player. Um, I have no problem trading his ass, though. No, I'd trade him for anything right now. Anything <laughs> that you know can actually be a player that's worth rostering. Um, Hurts he's strictly center too. I mean, we're, we're that's really the, that's seeing the it this thing. year. Is, that's is, the biggest is how thing. much and leagues without sucks. the detail, like uh, the one league me and Brock are in. Like if you have three centers that are all very good players, like chances are on most Saturday nights you're gonna have to sit yeah. one of them. And right? Jack Hughes is not cracking. Exactly. Right. Also, I think this so time we're gonna hold on to him to maybe play him on a Sunday or a Wednesday yeah. when when the when schedule they do, lines or, up. Right? Yeah, maybe if they get the goal and then schedule. hope in his 15 minutes of ice time he can crack an assist somehow. I just I don't love the upside for this season. And this is definitely a time where we should mention keep an eye we're coming around those times in the weeks where guys are going to start getting dual wing eligibility and dual eligibility this kind of time where you can maybe snake a dude who's about to become a, a left winger or a right winger uh keep an eye for that 
Um, just you know, a general, general yeah, beeps no, tip right there. Start happening. Um, um, you know. Guy, I'm getting ready to cut bait with is Mikel Granlin, uh, 55% owned. Nashville too has impressive underlying numbers, especially when Philip Forsberg's in the lineup. But the production just isn't there for Granlin. Uh, he's been held pointless in four straight games, recording just five shots in the process. Uh, he just isn't shooting close to you know anywhere close to enough uh, to make him rosterable at this point. And uh, when he was at his best in his Minnesota Wild days, he was producing quite a bit on the power play. Um, in Nashville, he's on the second unit. He's sixth in line for power play times in terms of forwards right now. Uh, so he's not even really sniffing that top unit. Uh, so to me, like, Granlin was a guy we talked about in the preseason who has some upside, but it was very dependent Didn't on happen. where he was going to be slotted in the power play. And right now it's on uh, PP2, and that's just not getting it done. Uh, so uh, Granlin at this point, you might as well. There's There's got to be better options out there. Like, all the guys that D you mentioned, some guys um, that were higher owned that are available on the free on free agency right That's now. Wrong, but yeah, like so, like no, like like sorry, higher owned than like the guys I was talking about. Right, like, right. I'm, right. No, I'm not like I mean I'm not going to drop him for for Gustav Nyquist right now. Right. But some of those other guys, Konechny, Konechny, exactly. All Johnson, those guys, yeah, probably yeah, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. maybe 100%. not, maybe not Druen, but but like the the. The Janssens, the um, Konechny's, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, Granlin, just 55% owned. You might as well take a peek and see what, uh, what what's available on the wire radar on that range right now. So, uh, Biebs, who are you looking at? Uh, I'm glad we gave a break uh, on the rookies for a second because I'm about to just take a <laughs> shit on one as well. Um, <laughs> going second overall and uh, second to Jack Hughes on my guy you should cut bait with. Capo Caco out in New York right now. At least he plays the win. Yeah, at least he does play the wing, but uh, I mean, he played the wing for nine minutes and thirty-eight seconds <laughs> the other night. Um, Interesting, you want to cut bait with him the day he gets moved to the top line. Finally, it's weird. Um, it's also weird. I want top to cut bait, cut bait with him when he's averaging thirteen minutes and twenty-one seconds or some shit. Um, one goal, one assist, minus six this year. Again, just around fourteen minutes time on ice. Um, you know it. it Everyone, everyone loves to try to hope for rookies, but but we've seen it just through the numbers that they just don't produce like like everyone hopes. And yeah. uh, Kako's kind of fallen into that. He came out today just stating his overall frustration, but as frustrated as he wants to get, things aren't necessarily changing right now. Um, it seems like they're going to kind of, you know, they have put him up on that top line, but if he doesn't produce, right. he's going right back to where he was. And you heard me be a little snarky about calling it the top line. And, yeah. uh, you know, we love me because of Benajet, but they did drop Artemi Panarin off that line. So down. that's not the top line. Right. Wherever yeah, the hell he's right. touching. Panarin and Ryan Strom. I mean, I we should pro- I don't know if we should talk about Ryan Strom, but he did score two goals tonight with hey, Panarin worth, on his wing. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. For yeah, a that- guy you probably drafted, ugh. I'm not necessarily saying cut bait as much as I would say a lot like D's saying trade bait. It's just yeah, it's, it's like uh, it's like with Ka- yeah. like Cackle, same thing with Hughes, right? Like what was the best case scenario we're imagining for Cackle before the year? 50 yeah. points, maybe like goals. A, yeah. thirty goals, hopefully. So now you're talking about okay, maybe wait for Cackle to figures it out. Decent if night. they start giving him the ice time, like maybe he can get to yeah. somewhere around a twenty five goal pace. Um, but the thing is with these rookies, yeah, games. when, when they no. get off to a slow start, like it's, it's tough for the coach just to be like, okay, let me just pile on this ice time on you and hope you figure it out. <laughs> oh, you the, can't handle limited minutes. You want to just exactly, get right? 20 a night. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I mean, Andre Svechnikov is uh, a decent, uh, I guess, example of that. And he had a lot more success in the limited mm-hmm. role than these guys did. Yeah. Right? And Svechnikov was borderline ownable in redraft yeah. last, last year. Kako um, only played 1147. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and I, again, not to like pays for just over 100 shots um and you look at like Kreider um uh, obviously Kreider looks like shit Panarin uh 
why am I blanking on his name? Buchnevich. Buchnevich. Um, even like guys like Fast uh, down the lineup. There's a lot of uh, I don't want to like. What well, I don't obviously the, it's varying degrees of how good they are, we'll but uh, got, like wingers that are above average that are going to just inevitably cap his ice time, and it's the same thing with Hughes in New Jersey, right? Like even if he does start to play more like the sixty point guy we thought he might be in his rookie year, Zajac still eats tons of. He's minutes. already so Zajac far behind. Still minutes. Yeah. He's sure still going to eat minutes, and even that fourth line plays more than most fourth lines, so it's just going to cap his usage. Yeah. And how good is that power play really going to be, right? So at this point, they're just so far behind that, like you said, even if they do that, we're getting you know fifty points at yeah. best. You're getting forty five points. Yeah. I don't want forty five points and on the bottom teams, of my roster. I don't care yeah. how nice your name two is. Two teams. How I mean, the Rangers. Yeah, the Rangers blue line probably performed just as we expected. The Devils have been a little bit disappointing, but teams that have struggled defensively. Um, so probably uh, you know two guys in Hughes and Cackle, they're going to have to spend a lot more time in their own end than you'd like. So the, the one thing that the only thing I have to say about Kako is that it seems like the Rangers really want to just try to get him going. But what I don't understand is they decided to shuffle these lines up. If you really want to get him going, why are we taking Perrin off that line? Like, right. They didn't even try yeah, the I don't... three together. Like, try the three together. If it doesn't work, for one, take him off. I just didn't get it. It was, it was dumb. Like, yeah. they're like, I agreed with them finally putting him as a binge yet, but then why are we putting Kreider on the wing? It just didn't make a lot of sense to me. But uh, the last guy I'm t- going to talk about cutting here, here is a goaltender. Uh, Corey Crawford, 44% owned. Mm-hmm. Uh, on his first four starts, uh, Crawford has only had one good game. He has a 358 goals against average, eight, uh, 891 save percentage. Uh, but to me, this is less about Crawford and more about Robin Lehner. Lehner has looked every bit as good as he was to the Islanders last year. And I think the Blackhawks are going to start to lean on him a lot more. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be the 50-50 split that we saw him in uh, with the Islanders last year because the, the Blackhawks need good goaltending to win games. Um, so they're going to go with their best goalie. Uh, you can probably hold on to him for the rest of this week, though, because he does. Um, they do have a back-to-back on Saturday, Sunday, and he should face the Kings on Sunday. Um, but he's more of just kind of a, a weekend streaming guy right now because I think he's going to be kind of just a, a Michael Hutchinson almost that just starts on the back-to-backs. Um, I don't think that the Blackhawks will quite wow. lean on Crawford or Michael Hutchinson. I'm, I'm no, just I saying know, like I, in terms of his schedule, definitely just, a better goalie. But how the greats have The fallen. one good thing, though, for Crawford is if you look, uh, the Blackhawks literally have a Saturday-Sunday back-to-back every single week for the next month. Four weeks in a row of the Saturday-Sunday back-to-back. So... He is going to start at least one game a week. If you really want to hold on to him for that, fine. Um, but I don't think I'm, you know, I'm not going to roster this guy uh, to play four games maybe in the next four weeks. To yeah. me, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Lander looks outstanding. And uh, I-, I saw a couple tweets from uh, Blackhawks beat reporters and stuff. And they're like, why the fuck did the Islanders let this guy go? Like He's unreal. He's so good. So uh, to me, Crawford at this point uh, is a guy that you can cut bait with. Uh, actually, I uh, I got two more cut bakes really quick here. Just a couple guys I need to mention because one of them I've been kind of attacking on Twitter, and uh, <laughs> for good reason. Um, I'm going to mention there's always a guy who starts the year just doing way better than they should, um, getting very limited minutes and uh, putting up disgusting numbers, and then by week two they're you know getting dropped by every person in the world. Yep. Guy I'm going to mention today is Sammy Blaze. Um, someone who... Banger God, Before Sammy I wrote Blaze. this up, yeah, Brock had mentioned that he... Uh, Loves to throw the bod, so if you're in a banger league, just turn this off for about 30 seconds. Or at least according to the St. Louis yeah. scorekeeper, he loves to throw the bod. Yeah. 2.89 hits per game right now. It's not bad. Um, I don't play in enough banger leagues to know if that's good. but That's good. That sounds good. Um, he, it's very good. Yeah. I think over 200 hits is extremely good. Whew, I'll take that. But um, three goals, two assists to start off the year. He came out um, just blazing. You guys get it? Um, he doesn't have a point in his last five games. He's currently injured as of this morning. 
Um, he's getting like 11 minutes of ice per night. And he's been doing this all year. The usage hasn't really changed. Um, it was quite obvious that he was going to regress. Um, he's a guy who has been in the league before and put up very, very not great numbers. I believe it was four points he in about did, 40 he was games. Playing with Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, That's why he's racking up the hits. More of a, their shutdown line. Right? We talked yeah. about the uh, St. Louis one earlier. So I just don't love him being owned at the same percentage as, well, as of uh, before yesterday, he's owned at the same percentage as as Konechny and Tyler Bertuzzi. Right. Um, but then after, you know, a couple of people went to sleep, and 17% of the Yahoo community dropped them. Um, I just think the other 30% should probably just follow suit. But Sammy Blaze, if you're in a banger league, yeah, I, I think it, it is probably the banger league. Yeah. I drove it up originally, and then people see, like, yeah. oh, this guy's on the rise, and they see he all was, yeah, yeah, he yeah, was, yeah, he was that see, classic. People see, like, oh, old percentage, 32. Yeah, exactly, he must right? It's like uh, there's always the, trends or whatever that it shows you on the app. There's always that one, like, kind of garbage guy, though, who just tears up that first week because he'll just, like, put up some nasty numbers, and everyone thinks it's, like, that's their fantasy savior. <laughs> right, and they just like James Neal. Grabbing him. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Too soon. I pretend he's good. I was in a league where we did the draft after like the season started and it's probably an, way it's higher a, than it's should. an auction draft Ugh. and dude like so i Ugh. put up james neal like immediately <laughs> and he went for just so much more than like <laughs> i th- like trapped. i swear to god he, for he, a dollar he went for more saying. he went for more money than he's gonna score goals this year other quick mention though um off of james neal there um had nothing to do with them but Esselindell and dallas currently 34 percent on there's just a lot of other d-men i like at that um at that own percentage that I think you could fill your lineup out with. We've seen Dallas really struggle as a team. Um, Lindell's absolutely eating turning minutes. turning it around. But, um, but he's clearly not the offensive option out there. Um, you got Heiskanen. Klingberg. You got Klingberg. That's it, but you got, just nothing. No, I'm trying to just name Polak, but I can't do it Steven as a Jones. joke. You got Stephen Johns. Um, but honestly, they're all just... Uh, no, I mean, yeah, Klingberg, Heiskanen combined are going to be eating somewhere they're between take 45 all the to 50 shots. minutes a night. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, all the power play time as well. Yeah. Um, not a whole lot of value left for Essa. Yeah. Career high, 32 points. And that was last year after he kind of had a super escalated shot percentage. Um, I just don't love his usage. I think a lot of people are trying to. Uh, oh, I do love no, his usage. I don't love what he's sense. doing, yeah. but I think a lot of people are trying to like hold on to what happened last year, hoping he could break oh. out. But just with the rise of Heisken and um, and what Klingberg's Heisken doing, looks so. Good. It's not worth he's it. Just so good grab hockey. someone else who's just gonna fill categories yeah. for you. I think instead it's of hoping. Uh, yeah, we've seen it with guys yeah. like Jared Spurgeon, like Ryan McDonough. Exactly. Uh, McDonough, another guy that's probably worth talking about is cut bait. I think he's like thirty nine percent owned. They're phenomenal players for right, their teams, right, right. but they're but just it's not just fantasy. When you have a decent year based entirely on five v five production from the back end, it gets you kind of need everything to break. It makes no sense to stay. You know, we talked about defense. It's like all about opportunity. These guys literally have none of it. Basically, power play time for exactly and if you're not especially plus if he's the guy sitting back when heisman's taking those pinches the guy who's always staying home you know you're just not gonna get it um dallas is currently 23rd in league light scoring brock alluded it alluded to it last week they're not gonna score a ton of goals um we're just we've seen the trend not dallas they're scoring goals baby Um, getting better at hockey brock's favorite team but um yeah that's it those are just the two guys i had to mention we should uh we should add on cut and bait just uh, I don't love having them on your roster. I just think there's a lot better players that you can have at this 30, 30% window. And I think literally yeah. anyone D mentioned in his segment, you should pay attention to. So here yeah. we are. Um, I'm just going to talk about some weekend streamers before we get out of here. And uh, we're going to start. Detroit has Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday. 
Friday, Sunday, excuse me, schedule. Uh, you already talked about Bertuzzi, 49% owned. Uh, Philip Hironic, 20% owned. Andreas Athanasiu, 18% owned. Uh, if you read every single Monday, Dylan writes a weekend, a weekend, a week long streaming Love me that. options. Um, and he talked about all three of these guys at the start of the week. So if you read that, you've got the leg up and they should already be on your roster. Great bathroom material. Uh, so- I got you. Beebs, you already talked about Brock Nelson. The Islanders also play Friday, Sunday. Brock Nelson, 32% owned. Josh Bailey, we already mentioned at 20% owned. Uh, if you need help on the blue line, uh, Devin Taves, 12% owned. He's recently been bumped yeah. up to the or top. Power, or yeah, that's what I was going to say. Or if you're, you need power play points power at play the points, end of the yeah. week. Yeah. He, uh, he's been bumped up to the top power play unit. Uh, and if you're in a really deep league, you need some help on the wing. Uh, Anthony Bavillier, 6% owned right now. Uh, again, I talked about Nemestikoff, uh, Connor Brown, uh, 14 to 2% owned, re- respectively. A couple more names to throw in there. Yep. Anthony Duclair was on the top yep. line last night, scored twice. Uh, I streamed him in our league, got both goals because nice. I'm a god like that. Hello. <laughs> uh, Chris Tierney also going to be playing a lot of minutes while Colin White is out. Yep. Uh, not the best forward, but certainly a guy that can uh, maybe throw you a point or two at the end of the week if he's going to be playing 20 minutes. So. If you're in deep, deep keeper leagues or like dynasty type leagues I think Logan Brown's a guy we're taking a look at because he, he's he been just torching the AHL he could be a guy that stays mm-hmm. for the rest of the season yeah uh, and did at least start last game with yeah, uh, Brady Kachuk on the top, the top line. line like they don't really yeah. and Jaboy Anthony he didn't play a ton <laughs> but uh, and they, they, they shuffled my game Declare played a lot with Tannery too yeah so. um, let's go to San Jose Friday, Sunday schedule as well. Kevin LeBanc, 38% owned still uh, and Patrick Marlowe has looked pretty good on the top yep. line 11% owned and if you need assists at the end of the week, Joe Thornton, yeah. um, not playing a lot, like 14 minutes a game, yeah. not going to score you a goal. If but you really, God. yeah, exactly. If yeah. you like, if you know, say the goals are just out of reach, um, and you really just, uh, you know, tied for assists, or you need to grab an assist or two on Sunday. Obviously, Joe Thornton's a decent bet to do that, even in limited ice time. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights Friday Sunday schedule. Paul Stastny, 42% owned. Cody That's Glass hasn't done anything. One of the best ones. Moved to the third line. Shocker. Um, huh. Like we said, but if you're really, Even really desperate. Even Cody deep, Eakin, if you get really desperate on Sunday, Eakin does play a lot in all situations. Yeah. Could potentially even get you a shorty. Watch him score a shorty now on Sunday, and I'll just be a god. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Other than that, in Vegas, he puts the god in, in, or puts the D in God. Bro, I streamed to Claire, and he scored twice. Like, wait, well, come on. I saw it coming, dude. That's that, jo- that, that Jonathan no. Bernier shit. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Uh, boys, that was season five, episode eleven of the Daily Faceoff podcast, brought to you by Odd Shark. I'm Brock Segan. We got Dylan D. Burns, and you met Michael Beebs Bondi. We'll see you back here next week. Oh, yeah, we'll be there. Hopefully, uh, you know, some rookies will score. Peace. Wrestle to the dirt now, back of my crowd. I took a trip to the borderlands and I dashed my head in some upstream land. I saw a man in a two-tone coat, told me everything he liked about the song. Chris Abbott of Odd Shark. How's it going, Chris? Brock, what's happening, my man? How are you? 
Very good. Uh, I mean, I'm going to the Red Wings game tonight, and I just found out that Jeff Blaschel is going to break up the Larkin and Bertuzzi Mantha line, so I'm a little bit pissed off. I'm not that excited to go watch Darren Helm play on the first line, but, uh, I mean, at least I'm going, I guess. Hey, man, he's fast. Yeah. Darren Helm is fast. That's about uh, all he's got, stone hands. <laughs> Here's the thing with that, though. I mean, uh, they're a pick right now with Buffalo, who's coming off a bad loss last night. And uh, this could be, you know, oftentimes when coaches mix up the lines, there's at least a little bit of spark in the team. So it might not be a terrible time to bet on the Red Wings tonight. Yeah, and for whatever reason, I don't know what it is, but I've had, even when they, they're not good like they are now, I've had tremendous luck in going to games and seeing the Red Wings win. So if you're into superstitions like that, uh, that might help you bet on the Red Wings a little bit as well. Because for whatever reason, every time I go, even if they're playing a good team, they seem to pull it out. My record is like 800 for sure uh, going to Wings games in the last five years. Well, that's that's as good a trend as I need to hear. Brock's going to the game. Wings are going to win. I'll, I'll put that in right now. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm excited to actually just see like Eichel and Darlene and guys like that in person. I haven't uh, had a chance to see Buffalo in, uh, you know, in a long time, so I'm excited to kind of see who they've got. Hopefully, though, the trend continues tonight and uh, Linus Allmark gets lit up. But uh, any other games you're looking at targeting on Friday night? Yeah, there's a couple. Uh, the Senators and the Islanders under six is a game that I kind of like right now. The Islanders, uh, obviously, even back to last year, playing really low-scoring games. Senators having a tough time scoring goals, and their goaltending has been pretty good. Uh, you're the man I need to ask this. Is Anders Nilsson going tonight? Because if he is, then I really like it. Of course, I like Craig Anderson, too, but Nilsson's been on a bit of a heater. So under six, and we're seeing seven-tenths of the betting action coming in on under six in that game tonight. Um, Arizona goes into New Jersey as an underdog, and uh, Arizona's been pretty good, man. Uh, they're, what, 5-3-1. and one. Um, They've looked good on this road trip. Darcy Kemper's been a revelation this year. So Rick Tockett's got the boys going. And uh, big, big underdog for the Avalanche, who are 7-1-1 one, one in Vegas. That might be worth a look, too. Yeah, uh, we'll start with... Um, Ottawa, Anders Nielsen is going to go tonight, I think, and then uh, he's likely as of right now, and then um, Craig Anderson's going to go tomorrow. Nielsen's been fantastic. Uh, just to put it simply, he was great in uh, in Dallas. He was great against the Red Wings the other night. Nielsen's playing great, uh, and the Islanders coming off a back-to-back, so I really like uh, that to be a low-scoring game for sure, as long as Nielsen can continue to stand on his head. Uh, Arizona on a back-to-back, they'll have anti-Ranta in net tonight, but um jersey's just not playing as good as everybody thought they were going to be um and you know when you can get arizona who's got a really good good top line like they've just been dominating everybody but the puck hasn't really bounced their way yet there's going to be a night where that arizona top line of keller kessel and um step on just pop off it's going to happen eventually and maybe it's tonight against a team that has had a hard time keeping the puck out of the net so i like that one as well and uh colorado it's going to be interesting to see what they do without uh miko rantanen but um They've they've got the depth this year that should help them kind of be able to fill that void. So uh, hopefully they can get after Vegas. It's weird. That's a six o'clock start. I think it's Nevada Day, if I'm not mistaken. It's, a, oh, okay. it's an early start. Yeah, Nevada Day. I didn't know it was a thing, but two o'clock local start in Vegas, I believe. I thought everything was every day was Nevada Day. I thought you know what I mean over there. Yeah, but absolutely. Here- Here's the one thing when you're betting against Vegas, uh, if you think you've got a good value on an underdog, people in Vegas bet on the Golden Knights just to bet on them. So they do get a little bit inflated. Um, so it's ne- if, you know, if they've got a decent opponent coming in, it's never a terrible time to try the underdog. 
little insider trading there. I like it. Some insider knowledge. Uh, how about Saturday? We don't have any lines available yet, but are there any um, matchups on Saturday that kind of pique your interest? Well, a guy I do a podcast with every week, his name's Harry Gagnon. He's got a theory, and he's got six teams, and he says when they play each other, it always seems to go over, and four of those teams are playing each other on the weekend, Columbus and Philly, and then Toronto and Montreal. He says uh, he's looked into this, and it's, it's interesting. I think the other teams involved in that are Buffalo and Ottawa. So when those teams get together, any combination of those six, he always bets over, which is Really not a, a scientific thing, but he's you know he's been watching the trends and following that over the years, and uh, he says when they get together. So that's something to keep in mind, and if you're not sold on it, just keep a look and see where the scores end up in the uh, Columbus-Philly-Toronto-Montreal games on the weekend. Um, I think the Bruins are, are looking good at home against St. Louis, who still have yet to put it together. Um, Stanley Cup rematch, that should be exciting. I would also look for that to be a close game. If you remember back uh, in the playoffs, a lot, a lot of low-scoring games played uh, with these teams. So um, that's something I'll be keeping an eye on. And uh, I kind of like Winnipeg at home to Calgary. I'm not sold on this Flames team yet. Yeah, I was. I was actually the game I was going to bring up. I really like Winnipeg there. Uh, Calgary just doesn't seem to have it all together. They were able to top the Panthers last night, but uh, Bobrovsky not the strongest showing. Uh, but like you said about those. Uh, those six teams, maybe not the most scientific, but I guess when you've recognized a trend and then you bet it and you win, you just want to keep going back to the well. And if it works, it works. So I like that a lot. Um, and, yeah, you know, Toronto-Montreal usually is pretty high scoring. And uh, I believe the Michael Hutchinson will be a net for the Leafs in that game as well. So that always helps. Yeah, absolutely. Do it up. Yeah, Leafs will be on a back-to-back. They do struggle when they go into Montreal. So uh, I don't mind betting Montreal to win that game too. Uh, if you've ever been in the Bell Center when Toronto and Montreal play, I've been lucky enough to do it a couple of times. It's a playoff game. It doesn't matter if it's in October, especially on Saturday night. Completely insane. And uh, the Leafs usually have a tough time in there. Absolutely. Well, Chris, thank you so much. Hopefully we'll make some more money uh, with your bets this weekend. And uh, I hope you have a good one. Great stuff, Brock. Enjoy the game tonight. Yeah, thanks. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.